0: seven-part series currently running on Netflix is called Transatlantic. It takes place in 1940, just as the German army is taking over not only Paris, but far-flung regions within France. It follows the story of Varian Fry, who has traveled to Marseille, France, carrying with him thousands of dollars and a list of imperiled artists and writers he hopes to help escape from the ever-tightening grip of the Nazi army. Amongst the thousands of refugees he hopes to help include some of the 20th century's most renowned artists, Anna Harant, Max Ernst, Marcel Duchamp, and Marc Chagall. It's a race against time to save them. It is a tale of forbidden love, high-stakes adventure, and unimaginable courage. The film series is called Transatlantic, and we're joined today by the co-directors of the first four episodes of the seven-part series, Stephanie Chaua as well as Veronique Raymond. To both of you, welcome back to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.
0: And thank you so much. I do want to mention before we get too far into our conversation that you were kind enough to come on come on the program for your previous film, My Little Sister. What I appreciate about this film series, the seven part series, is the approach taken by Anne Ringer, who was the creator of this series. And it takes into account the part of the war that isn't about the battles, it isn't about the, the bloodshed, it's about the creeping sense of the Nazi army, the Germans taking hold of the administrative part of France and endangering the lives of thousands upon thousands of people and the efforts that were undertaken to help save them. It is a truly interesting aspect of the war. I'll start with you, Veronique. Uh, how did this project come to you?
2: Very simply, we received an email on our website from Anna Winger herself, saying that in one line, hi, if in one sentence, hi, this is Anna Winger. I am the creator of Unorthodox and I have a project, a new project I would like to discuss with you. And uh, it was like, this is really Anna Winger, and um, she was she was it. And then we had a Zoom with her, and she explained to us. Hi, I I saw, I saw for my colleague Camille McCurry from Airlift saw uh, my little sister, and we would like to to talk about um, my new project, uh, transatlantic taking a place in uh, nineteen forty uh, Marseille. You speak French. Have you done something else than dramas? we sent her our first series open book taking place in a public library and it's more comedy tone style. So she enjoyed it a lot and thought, oh, this is very interesting because this transatlantic show is really a screwball comedy. And uh, this is a very specific tone, um, balance between drama and comedy uh, in a kind of light way taking place in dark times. And that's the reason why she, she thought we might be the right directors for this. But for us, coming from us, it was the first time for us directing something we hadn't written before. And that was a real challenge.
0: Uh, Stephanie Chawah, in terms of tone, thank you for mentioning that, because this is an unusual tone for a story about World War II. It is light. It's serious, but light at the same time. How did you... Sort of strike that tone. How did you approach a project like this? It, it and trying to find that that sort of sweet spot that you do find in Transatlantic.
1: What we did is that we really worked a lot, as we were um, like uh, you know hair quote only directors. We really focused completely on the mise en scène, on the stage direct, directing, and we created a lot of subtext in how what the actors would do. For example, there there were some pages, like three pages, dialogues between Patterson, the American consul, and Fro, the chief of French police, and we didn't want them to be just talking heads. So we used really the mise-en-scene to tell the game of power that is taking place between the two of them, like creating for Patterson a, a collection of objects that was not mentioned in the script. He would collection like uh, um, alligators, you know, like little objects uh, uh, and and Fro would be very interested in these objects, taking them while they are talking and you could see that Patterson is a kind of geek and doesn't like someone to touch his collection. So when Fro would put the object on the on the on the table. He would take it back and just check it to to be sure he didn't break it or did anything wrong. So we would create a lot of actions to bring these scenes to life and also have this subtext game of power between these two men, for example, that would add some entertainment for the eyes of the viewer and not only be words. And we did that a lot in in many scenes.
0: As I began watching Transatlantic, it was unusual, the tone, in the sense I was expecting something much heavier. So I think I, I want people to understand, well I'll, I said it earlier, I, th- I think that it is it is light in tone, but it's serious. And I, I think that seriousness comes through in the acting and in, in the characters and what they begin to understand is facing not just them, but the country is now in the grip of of a fascist dictatorship again, it's so important that the actors that you use, uh, Gilliam Jacobs, who I've we've seen before, I thought she was a, walked such a fine line in this film as far as her performance is concerned. But as the film progresses, it works more and more effectively. You can tell that everyone in the cast was in this same kind of frame of mind about how to portray. The human experience is wide-ranging. It's not all bad. It's not all good. It's not... So I thought They did a masterful job of really setting the tone in this film, especially in these first four episodes, which you're responsible for. A long way of saying congratulations on that. Let's talk about some of the most important characters in the film. Uh, Variant, let's talk about him and his role and why he's so key to the success of this.
2: Variant, sorry, Michael Smith is the actor uh, Mm -hmm. playing Variant Fry. And we had a great relationship with him. And from the start, we had no rehearsal before, so we had a very short time to discuss his character together before the shooting, like one week before. But we really tried to embody this character who was really, comment on dit, déchiré, thrown torn, torn. Torn by contradictory feelings because he really wanted to help. He was really coming to France with a list of 200 artists brilliant minds uh, to save he had to find visas for these artists and when he just uh, settled in marseille he faced the the amount of thousands of people trying to find visas and, and escape france and it was he was just overwhelmed with all those people uh, asking for help And he was kind of, he he knew, people knew he was there. People knew he could get visas for refugees. And that was a real issue for him because he knew he couldn't take everyone. It was not possible. He had just a list of 200 people. And then he managed to save 2,000 people, which is a lot. But for him, it was not enough. And this is the tragedy of Varian Fry. After the war, he was completely depressed because he couldn't save more people. Than, than what he did. But still, we had to work with uh, Corey Michael Smith on um, this character who really tries so much and is embodying the weight of trying to help and not making more than what he can, which is so human. Yes. And in mean, his private life, there is also a contradiction because he has a hidden private life since he is gay and this cannot be openly said or lived. So it's a, his secret life that has not to interfere with his pro- uh, with his professional life. And this is the contradictory of this character, yes. which makes it very interesting. And we loved working with Cory Michael Smith on those both sides and all this emotional journey we had to travel with him.
0: Yeah, yeah I think it it's- is important to point out, emphasize, this is based on a true story. The American Rescue Committee was a real thing, and it was about what we're describing, but... Another part of this sort of the history of which I found fascinating, and I think people need to understand in the context of World War II, initially, the United States was not at all particularly interested in getting involved. And a lot of American business interests saw Germany as a business opportunity, which we do see in the film, Uh, a sort of an underbelly of that war in in terms of Americans' involvement. We waited for quite some time before we really supported the British which I think is just a very important part of the story, a part, very important part of, of this of this series, Transatlantic, for us to understand a little bit better that that's what happened. And um, so you that introduces so many of these other dynamics into the film that I think we as Americans have, have always assumed differently. We've always assumed that we were all in right away, and that wasn't the case. So I think that... Uh, just in, in that regard alone, that is a very important part of the film. And I think it's, again, it's played in such a way as to not hit you over the head with it, but it's there. It's certainly an important part of it. Well, I do want to, um, by the way, I want to remind our listeners that we're, we're talking about this wonderful new Netflix seven part series. that is out now on Netflix called Transatlantic. And we're joined today by uh, two of the co-directors of the First four episodes of this seven-part series, and that would be Stephanie Chawa as well as Veronique Raymond, and uh, we they were previously on the program for My Little Sister, which was a wonderful film. I just can't say enough about this cast. Um, we've mentioned a few of them, but as a whole, it's an ensemble work. How important was that for you to essentially find that that place, Stephanie, in terms of you, you bring it out beautifully in, in so many different ways? What was the more important part that you were trying to hit with? with making this feel like an ensemble?
1: Yeah, I think we we were really trying to find always the organicity, the um, cohesion of of everything being the staging, the actors having so different nationalities. There is this episode three, there is this big party and there were like 18 guests. And I think we had 14 different countries around this table. So I think for us, it was also on a human point of view human point of view, very interesting and important to have these people from different cultures gathering to get together and playing the, the same story. And we were working a lot to be always like the, the red thread between all the characters all the actors and more also of all the crew and everyone because yes. the crew so was from marseille from austria from different countries and we were very um aware of this uh, collaborative process between everyone not only the actors and the cast but in terms also of acting we really worked um to bring all the actors the highest possible level, because you have spoken about My Little Sister, where we had Nina Haas, Lars Eidinger. We come from acting. So for us, actors and acting is at the core of all what we do, including Transatlantic. And that I think it's really what we try to convey in everything we do.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in another way, Marseille is a character. The hotel is a character. The villa is a character. That, along with other elements in the film, create its own universe that on one hand we're familiar with, but on the other hand, it has its own center of gravity that these characters are responding to. Once again, congratulations on that. On the more technical side of filmmaking, cinematography in the film had to create another layer to this otherworldly, if that's the right way to put it, but to give the film that look of somewhere that we know, but it's at the same time its own place let's talk about the cinematography
2: yeah but this is the specificity of la provence marseille uh, it's so beautiful south of france is amazingly beautiful and you yeah. have this sea this blue sea you have this white light uh, it's a, it's a very uh it's it's a very strong light and uh it's it's strange because you know that you are going to be in very dark times. At that time, Marseille was in a free zone, still a free zone. And um, so people could, you know, could could walk. Uh, Germans were not there yet. But the the threaten was very heavy. And still, it was late summer, uh, beautiful weather, the kind of softness, something Yes, this light was beautiful and it's very strange because we had so beautiful landscapes and locations and still you have to deal with something very difficult and very heavy emotions also. And also people trying to escape, just to escape, to to have a better life somewhere, anywhere else. And uh, that was very, very interesting in terms of vis- visually also to explore, and we had we had a great um, DOP Wolfgang Taller, who, uh, who is Austrian, and also uh, he was also the DOP of Unorthodox, the, the precedent, uh, the previous show from Anna Winger. And we had a great relationship with him. And he's coming from documentary, but he has a sense of frame. He he can really, he's amazing because you have to be extremely quick when you shoot a series and you have to cross the board all the time, episodes, scenes. It's, It's such a mess when you see the shooting schedule. And then you have in your head to be very clear about emotions, Uh, All the characters, you have to be extremely clear uh, in your head, in our director's head, about how does the character feel right now in comparison to what happened before and what will happen after. And we already shot both, so we have to make the link. And all this has to be very, very clear in our heads in order to give the right intentions to the actors. And this is also something to work visually with DOP to make sure that we have a a beautiful first uh, shot of the of the place, of the location. For instance, if we want to begin with a large shot, a beautiful wide shot, or maybe we want to begin with an extra close up. And we have to think of this before because if you don't have it in the editing room, you don't have it at all, so it's something really to have to be careful all the time about.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. What other thing before I let you go about this uh, this project is that uh, the diversity of the cast. We've, we've been talking about the them, and um, another part of the history of World War II is the African presence uh, from the, the from the empire, right? From the World War One, there was a carryover into Europe. Um uh, many of I didn't realize this until very recently there were several hundred thousand people uh, Africans who died in World War One. I. I had no idea, no idea but as part of the war effort they were brought in to to fight and you see some of that in this film kind of the the residue of those people who were there and which I thought was just another wonderful part of giving us a bit of a history lesson but also a story of humanity as well the humanity of the people involved um. Just beautifully done. Um, so my congratulations on all of it. I do want to mention that you're the last thing you've got a project in the works right now, the little bedroom. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Where are we in the production of that? It's, is that coming up?
1: Yes, This is a, so this is a very long story because ten years, 12 years ago, we did our first feature, La Petite Chambre, the little bedroom. And uh, we had the amazing French cast, Michel Bouquet. Who was 83 years when we shot Florence Dorecai and we did, we were the Swiss contender at the Oscars that year. And when we toured the movie in the US, people reacted so well to the movie that we had this obsession to bring it to a, a, an English talking audience. And since then we could do a series about how to make a remake because we really made a huge, huge journey. And now we have really this amazing cast attached to the remake being Morgan Freeman, Lawrence Fishburne and Kate Mara and uh, Gary Foster producing. So now we are in the financing process, but starting pre-production soon, hopefully. So we are really very excited because we, we really hope we can shoot this movie this year with this amazing cast. Really, we, we are <laughs> so lucky to have them on board. So oh, it's good. very exciting for us to, to keep going in the um, English uh, English speaking language because we we love to, to work with American, UK actors.
0: I can't tell you how much I enjoyed your previous work and now this, and I, I truly look forward to to that coming out again. And yes, I mean, you're kind of rewriting cinema, uh, not history, but certainly the, the the normal way of going about uh, as we know, but you're, you're in charge of both of the projects on, and, and from the very beginning now to this one, that's coming up. I love your eye for actors and what, and what you get out of them uh, going back to my little sister. I think, Congratulations. is in order for, for all of your work. Again, we were speaking with Veronique Raymond and uh, Stephanie Chawa. The work is transatlantic. Be looking for the little bedroom coming up soon. All the best. All the best to you moving forward.
1: Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank, Thank you, you very much.